0: The Vegas Golden Knights win the Stanley Cup in 2023. The first Stanley Cup championship in Golden Knights history comes in their sixth season. The Silver State is home to the greatest silver trophy in all of sports. What I didn't know right away when I got hired, he says he was going to win the Stanley Cup in year six, and I found out it was year six after I signed. So I said, all right, there's a little bit of pressure here, but here we are. Live from the William Hill Sportsbook at Silver
1: 7's Hotel and Casino, it's Cofield and Company.
0: I like that a lot. Silver State, Silver Trophy. By the way, Damon, what'd you just do there? We're at Silver 7's! <laughs> oh, that was perfect. Good job, buddy. John Von Tol was here. I'm getting a little punchy. A little punchy. I didn't have my headphones on. Did I miss something? <laughs> well, the, no, was called, mentioned the Silver State and the uh, Best uh, Silver Trophy, and we're here at Silver Sevens. Uh, Look at it. Even Angel was like, okay. Shut it out, Cheeseball. I was in a Twitter wormhole. What are you doing? Oh, you found a... We'll get to that later. He, that's a hack from 2011. <laughs> it's not nice actually. Nice I figured it out. Uh, Dave Gosher's on the horn with us. He's nice enough after... Uh, you know, I don't know what Dave's been doing. I There's like a whole mystery here with the broadcast team and the wildness around Las Vegas. Dave, how you doing? It's uh, Cofield and JVT on this Thursday. I'm doing good, fellas. What are you up to? Oh, look at that. Look at it. Wow. Oh, okay. The happiness. All right. Over the top. Well, first of all, <laughs> I knew you were kind of jubilant I, I feel like you dropped an F-bomb when the cup was won, and I was like,
2: hello, Dave Gosher, let's go, pal! Woo!
0: There's
1: a, I guess if there's a time to do it, right? Yeah. Uh, that would be the time. Yeah, I just... It's great. It's just great stuff, guys. It's hard to believe. I mean, it hasn't been 48 hours just yet, but yeah. it's... Uh, what a wild ride, you know? And For those of us that were lucky enough to kind of jump on board six years ago and be a part of it, it's been... Uh, it's been unbelievable I mean not not expected I mean none of us thought this would all happen this quickly but uh, you know I've said a, a few times over the last couple days and you know Bruce just alluded to it in that cut it seems like Bill Foley knew exactly what he was talking about
0: it's one of the more amazing things I've ever heard in sports history it was absurd I remember you know I was doing local radio I've been doing it here for whatever it is now uh, 18 nineteen years and I'm like yeah, I, I didn't rip him, but I was like, okay, well, I like his attitude. That's pretty aggressive. But I mean, who who has an expansion team and says, you know, playoffs in three, cup in six, and then he gets a cup in six? Yeah, seems like seems like a lot to ask,
1: doesn't it? Yeah, yeah but, so. uh But but it uh, it credits a bill. I mean, look, you don't get to his where he's gotten to in life without being a really intelligent guy and and a really bold guy. You know, that's not afraid to put it out there and not afraid to make bold you know statements or bold decisions and. And look, they've, they've been through a lot here over the years. Um, you know, there's things that have been done. I mean, there's been, you know, firing of coaches has been controversial. Trading of some players has been controversial. But, uh, you yeah, know, we, we sit here now, guys, and uh, it's all worked out. And it, it's all worked out in, in an amazing fashion that um, they've been able to put the pieces of this together and, um, you know, culminating what happened two nights ago.
2: Dave, have we ever gotten to the bottom? Was six years, like, the result of an intricate study in which he said if we take the right path we can get there in 6 or was it just like that nah, 6 years sounds good we'll get the cup in 6
1: <laughs> i don't know i'd have to ask bill that it might have been the latter of the two like 6 years seems like a pretty good time frame where you could where you could build a championship team you no, and look he said what playoffs in 3 well they've been to the they've been to the final four four times in six years so um, no i just think it kind of goes hand in hand guys with how Kind of, Bill operates most of his businesses. He's not afraid to. He's not afraid to to be a guy that you know. He's a confident guy. He's a confident guy. He's a very intelligent guy. Uh, let's face it. He's put very good people in place here. You know, he has he has incredible faith in George McPhee and Kelly McCrimmon to let them do their jobs, yep. and they've done it very well to be able to to be able to build a championship team.
0: We'll get to the players, and we'll get to the coaching in a second. But I, 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 got, I have to keep following up with Dave Gosher on who Bill Foley is and how he's approached this because you've covered sports for a long time. I have. I'm a fan, right? And I, I've, I've, I've got a lot of teams with owners who are crap. Um, and, you know, all of them you could say, hey, you know what? They're the billionaires. They know what they're doing. You know? That's how they got there. Yeah, A lot actually don't know what they're doing in sports. Uh, then they stick their beak in and screw things up and don't let the guys who are smart do their job. Jerry Jones – is as competitive as as there is dave he's yeah. a mediocre owner because he wants to stay the hell out of the way the coaches and the gm and that's that's a delicate balance here is that bill Foley's so friggin driven but he he trusts to delegate and delegate means you know hiring the right guy i just i admire what he's done so much and i know the firings were tough and moving on from guys was tough but they got it right in the end and, and he he really is the model owner i'll say in all of, of professional sports at least the big four
1: well, I'll give you this too, guys. as a comparison. I'll just go back to my old stomping grounds in Boston, right? And this is this is a long time ago now. I get it, but go back about 25 years. I mean, the Patriots are the Patriots now, but Bob Kraft and Bill Parcells could not coexist because, Bill Parcells thought Bob Kraft was too involved in day-to-day football decisions. Um, I think it's very. It could be very difficult when you put all that money into buying a sports franchise to. to to then kind of pull back the range and say, okay, well, I'm not going to really be that involved. I will tell you this. When they make major decisions, when they trade for Jack Eichel, when they sign Alex Petrangelo, um, when they trade for Mark Stone, it, Bill builds in on those conversations. It's not It's not like they, they traded for Alex, but they, they traded for uh, Mark Stone and Bill right. read about it in the paper the next day. Right, <laughs> You know, you know what I mean, but like good decision, guys. So, yeah, yeah. Hey, oh, I didn't know we were doing that. That's great, good move. But you know, I but so he is. You know, he's in on a lot of this. Um, but again, he puts you know a ton of faith in those guys. And look, I you know the Golden Knights, I think have kind of outside of Vegas to a degree gotten this this bad rap about you know they can be yeah you the know, ruthless and, I, and look any other teams could have traded for Jack Eichel. Yep. Other teams could have traded for Mark Stone. Other teams could have gone out and signed Alex Petrangelo. Other teams could have traded for Alec Martinez. You can go right on down the line. Um, they did that. They, they, they did their homework. They have an owner that's committed to winning, obviously. And, um, and they went out and, and they did what needed to be done to build a championship team.
0: And I believe because of Foley, and then especially because of McCrimmon and McPhee, people out there who are like, wow oh, man, that VGK approach, that, that whole Rams, F them picks thing. Uh, people look at the Rams and they're like, oh, they eventually had to pay the Piper. I cannot wait to see what they do with this roster. I don't think there's going to be some massive fall off. I think they're going to get the job done. And I think they've planned for some of that. Like, they're not going to wake up in a couple of weeks and go, oh, my God, the salary cap's a mess. What the hell are we going to do? This is all part of a plan.
1: Well, yeah, to your point, guys, I think that a friend of mine um, texted me this the other day, works in St. Louis, and he said, you know, this could be now more of the approach that teams take which is very aggressive very aggressive you know look they they started out with with an expansion team look so you you don't inherit you know you don't have bad contracts you don't have a lot of dead money but that being said i mean in over these last few years i mean two years ago they had to they had to finagle things a lot because they were they were right up against the cap and at times over the cap and had had to skate with some guys, you know, guys short for a few games. Um, I I don't know. Maybe this is the way. Look, they have one guy on the roster that they drafted, Nick Higg. That's it. So it's all been, you know, uh, subtle trades with Nick Wah or – uh, Brett Houghton, Keaton Cole, sorry, you can go right on down the line. Stevie, or Barbie, I mean,
0: yeah, they're personal. Yeah, right on down the line, right?
1: So there, there are different ways to do it, I guess is is my point. It, you know, the, the old draft and develop, draft and develop, I do think that's a, that's a big part of it, but if you draft as well as they've drafted and you can turn Eric Branstrom into Mark Stone, then yeah. why wouldn't you do that?
2: So, Dave, I'm really curious, like, from your perspective, I saw the picture, you know, Gary Wallace puts it up. It's you, it's Shane Knighty, it's Dan. You know, all of you guys, meet, like, meeting members and I've been part of the team calling games in some form or fashion. So what is this like for you? Is this, is this pride? I know, I, obviously, it's happiness. You've been a part of the team, but you're obviously not on the ice. Like, what is it like for you in terms of the way that you've taken this in?
1: Yeah, it just it's been great to be a loss of the ride, right? It, it's, um, you know, we, I, was, I was chatting with George McPhee yesterday, and we just couldn't help but look we all um we all picked up our lives six years ago a lot of us anyways picked up our lives six years ago because there was this there was this draw to be part of this this new kind of experience this new wild experience in vegas didn't know where it was going to go and who no one would have ever thought it was going to turn out like this so quickly so yeah I'm just enormously proud to be a part of it no look you know we don't play we're not on the team but We've worked a lot for this team over the last six years, and and proud to be a part of it. You know, it's to be around good people. I, you know, I was I was talking to a friend just a little while ago, and I said, to be around and work with and for good people at at this stage of my career, that's what it's all about. That's what it's all about. And then when you're around a team that's like this team is this year, that you know they built this wagon of a team. It's been. It's been unbelievable. I, I I feel fortunate, guys, that in my time here, they have they've been good every year. You know, last year was kind of a, you know the injuries and we know that whole story. But they've been good every year. And uh, boy, when you do what I do, that just makes it so much easier.
2: Better than twenty eleven?
1: No, I, you know I wouldn't say better, guys. I'd say I would say equal, though, right? I mean, here here's the difference. Um, in twenty eleven, I was calling it because I was doing radio in Boston. You know, so it was a little bit of a strange dynamic. Um, just standing and watching it as opposed to actually calling it. Um, But, no, I would say it it was equally as good, Uh, much different. I mean, the Bruins hadn't won it in 39 years when they won it in 2011, and obviously it didn't take the Golden Knights that long to to win the whole thing. So, But to be able to – I'll tell you a quick little funny story. So, Shane and I, we say we just – we've been loitering for most of the playoffs because we don't have anything to do after the first round. So – we have friends, that, um, friends that, that have suites at T-Mobile that have been nice enough to, to take us in, for lack of a better way to put it. And when they kept winning, our one friend was almost like, well, you have to continue to watch the games from our suite. And we're like, oh, yeah, no problem. That'll be just great. Yeah. Is there free food and drinks? We're in. <laughs> Twist my arm. <laughs> and sure enough, when, they, uh, when, the, when, the, when the horn sounded the other night, we were in that suite. And it was, it was unbelievable.
0: All right, now we're going to deep dive because this is stuff we don't know about. Dave Gosher's with us. So I saw the picture. John referenced 2011. That was you and the uh, the two photos where you're holding up yeah. the cup. That was 2011. Uh, this time around, were you near the cup? I wasn't in the arena, so I don't know. Were you on the ice? Did you lift the cup? Did you touch it? What's uh, your-
1: I drank out of it in the locker room. Ah, down yeah. Down in the, yeah, it was pretty Woo. cool. Yeah, that was... Uh, so I'll tell you, too. Uh, it's kind of funny. I, so in 2011... Uh, I I lifted it up in Vancouver. Then this year, we were in this, this aforementioned suite I was talking about. And by the time I got downstairs, like, all the stuff on the ice was pretty much wrapping up. So I went in the locker room. And again, like, I'm just a peripheral person here. But, you know, you, you know these people. You, you've been around them for nine months. And so uh, Riley Smith was there. And, and. Um, you know, he had it full of whatever it was. I don't know if it was champagne, beer, a mix of both, and uh, so I, I drank out of it. This time, I didn't drink out of it in 2011, so that was it. Was kind of one of my goals to do that, and and hopefully there'll be a lot more time to be around the cup here over the next few months.
0: Okay, this is the real deep dive. What uh, what are you doing during the parade?
1: So, um, good, real good question. I, we will be, um, I think we'll be on some sort of float, whatever they're going to yeah. use. Um,
0: That's what yeah. we had heard. That's what we had heard. It was like, yeah. is it a broadcaster's car? And uh, yeah. I assume Lawless is driving it.
1: <laughs> I hope not. I hope not. We'll, <laughs> we'll end up, we'll end up in... You know what I hope's not driving is Darren Millard. If Millard was driving it, Man. we would end up in Reno. Yeah, He, he has no idea where he's going. So... Um, but no, we'll be in it. Luckily enough, and then I think uh, Shane and I are going to MC a good amount of it from the stage. That's a good so
0: point. Be- you kind of have a big role in that front. I forgot you're you're gonna you're gonna be the, the MC. So if I throw yeah. you two
2: beers, you won't Stone Cold Steve Austin it and, and pound it down. Oh no, no,
1: I, I I anticipate having a few beverages. All right, no, no question about it. Yeah, and uh, but yeah, and I. I, I, did you guys see the video that was taken from above of everyone in the plaza singing "We Are the Champions" yeah, when it yep. was over the other night?
0: Unbelievable! You know,
1: I it just gave me. I saw it today, and it just gave me goosebumps. And I I, I think about what that's going to look like on Saturday. You know, like it's going to end there. It's going to the whole thing's going to end at Toshiba Plaza, and I just can't imagine the amount of people. I'll, you go back to 2011, guys. You're asking me about you know I. I was in that parade in Boston and was very lucky, and I think they they said it's still to this day the biggest one they've ever had. I think there were a million and a half people. Wow. You know, I just remember every time I'm back there, I can see it. I can see the parade route. I can see people hanging out of trees and hanging out of office windows. And So I I think of what's this going to be like on Saturday. I I can't even – and I like that it's going to be kind of in the evening. You know, the whole strip lit up. I think it's going to be phenomenal.
0: It's going to be awesome. Uh, Not to get too hardcore on this and, uh, you know, like, uh, unveil your drinking plans, but um, if I I had to do something like that and I'm speaking in front of whatever, you know, 30,000 people in front of me, and then, you know, you know this is going to be passed around forever, like, I want to be a little bit lit, but I don't want to be, like, Steve Cofield shots and beer lit. You know what I mean? So what does Dave Ghost oh, oh, yeah. do? Like you gotta watch you gotta watch yourself. You don't wanna fall off the stage or all of a sudden, you know, it's F bomb this, F bomb that, but the kids are <laughs> Yeah.
1: You need something to take the edge off though. Just a little bit. Oh, yeah. You know, so so whatever that, you know, I don't know. It's a good point. I don't know what would be on the the float. Like maybe I don't know, truly or what are the kids drinking now? I knew <laughs> something oh, who knows. Happy like, Dads? Yeah, something like oh, that. Yeah, yeah, that is real. Um, but that's uh, really cool. I mean, something of that nature—that uh, you know—you have to have a little, a little, a little oh. something. I'll tell you that what I remember about the Bruins parade, now that we're talking about it, was God—it was hot. It was one of those like ninety-five degree, eighty-five percent be days in Boston, and it was roasting hot. So that's another reason why I'm happy we're doing this at uh, seven o'clock on Saturday.
0: Which player do we have to watch for? I mean, you know these guys. You party with them now. Uh, you know, <laughs> yeah, you know, no. you know these guys. Like, who could be? I'm trying to think of like the most drunk. Actually, you know, you know who was really entertaining last year here in town at the Aces Parade. Kelsey Plum was. She was freaking dynamite. She was fired up. Who, who are the players or player where you're like, oh boy, watch out for him? And I don't know. I mean, like, uh,
1: I can't imagine Jack Eichel will get shortchanged in the fun department. You know, like, right. I, I think he, he would be, he would have a really good time. I, I got to believe that, that Mark Stone would be, would be pretty, uh, would be pretty fun as well. I mean, I, I don't think any of them guys would get, you know, I, 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 I want to, so we, we kind of had this conversation as a staff, all right, you, you, you want some guys to, to address the crowd, right? Like, but you've got to figure out who's, you know, who makes the most sense. Like, right. you have to have somebody like Marshall still do it because just his personality, um, so I think he'd probably be, you know, for a guy like him, right, that made it, odds against it, you know, Con Smythe winner. I think I think he'd be pretty pretty high up on the list too.
0: All right, last one. Let's get back to hockey to close with Dave Gosher, voice of, TV voice, of the Vegas Golden Knights, big parade coming up on Saturday, 7 o'clock. Dave's going to be up on the stage uh, completely sober, giving out some uh, positive messages. Um, I want to talk about Butchie, right, Bruce Cassidy. Uh, you know, you're, you're very familiar with the Boston market. We know that. You're tied to it. Um, I saw a story today. I don't even know if it was a blog or uh, an actual newspaper, but uh, someone wrote, I just saw the headline, um, the Bruins moving on from Bruce Cassidy was still the right move you believe
1: that? Well, I'll tell you this, guys. I I do think that – I kind of think yes, and I'll tell you why. And I think Bruce would agree with this. There is a shelf life to it. And that team this year in Boston – I know what happened in the playoffs. They shattered records in the regular season. It's not like they get rid of Bruce Cassidy and they miss the playoffs. They got rid of Bruce, hired Jim Montgomery, was also a good coach, and had the greatest regular season in the history of the game. I know none of that really matters because of what happened in the first round, but I look at it this way, guys. There were four teams that made the conference final. Three of the four teams all had new coaches this year. Bruce, Paul Maurice, and Pete DeBoer in Dallas. So I do think there is something to that. Um, I think Bruce would kind of agree with that. you know, I, I, I'm not one that thinks because you know the other part of the narrative in Boston that I've kind of been looking at from afar is well, would the Bruins have won the Cup if he had stayed, or would you know would they have at least got out of the first round? I, I don't know. Would they have had that kind of regular season if he had stayed? So I think it's I think it's always I think those those there's a difficult targets to hit. Um, I do know this. I mean, the team here. Responded in a major way to him this year, a major way. And he, you know, he's direct. He's not afraid to, if it's not working, to switch it up. He's not afraid to make hard decisions. And, and all that paid off.
0: Dave, you're awesome. Love your work. Thanks for coming on on short notice. And uh, just promise me when you get up on stage, you just back away from the mic, make sure the levels are good, and just scream out, Cop in f <laughs> the kids for
1: life, you know? I'll be looking for you on the route. I'll be looking for you to be tossing beverages uh, toward my float on the way. I'll be there.
0: I'll throw you, I'll throw you a truly. It sounds like you like that. Yeah, that'd so. be great. I'd like the black cherries. <laughs> okay, there you go. All right, all right. <laughs> See you, Dave. Thank you so much your voice okay that's Take cool the, you know these guys are really part of the process too so i'm glad to hear all of them are enjoying it they're gonna be part of the parade uh we still have to get the official scoop on uh rthc Ryan the hockey guy and magnum if they're gonna be they better be in that car magnum might be driving actually where didn't didn't he got magnum got magnum could have been the backup car he had that uh that mustang convertible forever oh uh, he blew it
1: Now, back to the William Hill Sportsbook Inside Silver 7s with
0: Cofield and Company. I hope we got the audience fired up. The parade. Oh, I, yeah. I, this broadcaster's thing is so fascinating to me. I can't. By the way, we're joking. None of the broadcasters are going to drive the car. Mm-hmm. Magnum, RTHG, Lawless, Vice. She's not driving the car. I can't going to be kosher. It's not going to be, be nighty. Duva. But if you don't have to speak and you're one of the broadcasters, if you don't have to do what Gosher's doing, maybe Duva has to speak. If you're not doing that, like I'm risking falling out of the car. Throwing them back. Although it, also, is, a sh- it is a short route. So unless you pre-lube, I don't mean it that way, but unless you get fired up beforehand and you're drinking well before the parade starts, it's a short route. Do you have a? I know you're going to be there, and well. I'm going to be there. I'm not sure where I'm going to try to go. Do you want to give out your secret? This is, this is key, man. I don't give out secret stuff, secret especially with the roads now. I
2: don't give out secret routes, favorite restaurants, bars. Well, I'm not going to, so I'm not, I mean, I don't know. It's mine. It's mine. I'll say I'm going to do what we did the other night. I'm going to park in the same area. Okay. Um, so park nearby. Nearby. But, and but walk you're a fit
0: young fella, so you can hoof it.
2: Right. Uh, you know what? I will say, can I say a really quick backstory? Uh, I have been working out a little bit more. Uh, we were walking and talking. Steve was a little huffy and puffy. I was uh, like, yeah, let's go. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's not surprising. Yeah. Yeah. I was proud of myself for not being huffy and puffy while walking. The funny Those thing you is fitnesses. I,
0: I, I, I actually thought about the walk, and I was like, I, it went by really quickly. It did. When but maybe I fun. was huffing
2: and puffing. When you're having fun. I breathe like a horse. Um, like, I'm surprised I don't snore when I'm awake. So my plan was, because it's going to start on one end yeah. and then make its way down, my thought was to essentially just wait at the end. I won't say specifically where, although it's going to be very popular, but essentially get go to the end first and just sit there and hang out for two hours and then just walk up to Toshiba Plaza and okay. see what's going on.
0: I've got a tree that I feel confident that I can climb and be perched in for three hours
2: the, the, in, in, in the park. I just, what I don't understand, though, this is what I don't understand pra- about parades, especially for something like this. I don't, I don't think it's going to be particularly long, right, in terms of the parade. So you're sitting and waiting for at most a five-minute interaction watching oh, the parade oh, oh, go on by. The, on the route, yeah yeah, yeah. yeah, So, like, my whole thing is because I, what I want is I want to experience, like, what the Nuggets were doing today. I want the stage. I want to see the guys hammered. I want curse words. I want speeches. I want all that stuff. And all that happens at the end at night where they're up on stage, like you said, after tossing some back and now having to address the crowd. I think that's where the magic's made.
0: Yep, it's Steve. It's John. Silver 7s celebrating all week championship week here around las vegas vegas golden knights bring the uh, first big four professional championship to city of las vegas of course it's right up there with uh, the greatest championship we've ever had here which was unlv in 1990 still regarded as one of the best teams in the history of college basketball well the guy who played for unlv is anthony marshall and he's a vegas native and he's up with steve and john anthony how are you
3: i'm doing pretty good how you doing
0: today we're good, man. We're in a good mood. Uh, I'll admit, and people know this listening, I'm not the biggest hockey guy. And, you know, when the team came to town, I was like, this is cool. But this ride along the way has been pretty neat. And, you know, a lot of it's about civic pride, and it's just cool for Las Vegas. I don't know if you're a hockey guy, but what do you think about what happened this season and this week?
3: Um, I'm kind of on the the with you. You know, I, 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 I've never been a huge hockey guy, but I think it's only right that we represent the home city. And, you know, I mean, I feel like there has been a long time coming. In our short stint, you know, I think us getting there the first year kind of set the bar, and that was kind of the expectation. So to finally get over that hump and, you know, to be bringing it home with it, um, I'm ecstatic, and I think everyone in the community is.
0: So Anthony's on today for a lot of reasons. Uh, We always like to talk to former Rebels, so that's that's reason number one. But Lon Kruger's going into the Southern Nevada Sports Hall of Fame. Uh, We've also learned that there's going to be a TBT tournament team repping UNLV, so we're going to get into that as well but anthony before we get into that i want you to tell people what, what are you doing right now what are you doing for a job uh what's your career i know you know today you're carving out some time to talk to us
3: yeah no problem i think you, i appreciate you guys having me but now I'm, I'm doing my part to give back to the community um i do basketball training um i have my own basketball business um and then outside of that i work at one of the uh the local community centers here um and forms of a mentorship program. Uh, I also put together different programs and stuff like that. So just trying to do my part and you know, giving it back to the next generation. Um, there were so many people before me that kind of, you know, gave out a helping hand, so to speak. So I just want to do the same. And, you know, um, we have a great city. You know, we've always been a basketball town. And um, personally, I think we're the basketball mecca now. You know, we have a lot of things going on here during the summer. You know, our, our ladies' teams and different things like that. So just trying to be active and um, be in the community any way I can.
0: I'm so glad you said you know, we're a basketball town because it, it, it reminds me of something about a couple months ago I saw someone write up, you know, Vegas is becoming a great sports town. I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. We have always been, right? We've always been a great sports town.
3: Yeah, definitely. They must have been under the rock or something the last however many years. But, yeah, that's, that's what we're known for.
0: All right, so let's get into you playing basketball. You know, you're a little older now. You're a little older now. Uh, you know, you've been away from UNLV and on the floor for a while. So how did this whole thing come together with the uh, the basketball tournament? There's a gigantic prize, a winner-take-all for a million dollars. Whose idea was it, and when did they first approach you to put together a UNLV alum team?
3: So this has been a thought for a while. You know, I think a lot of guys, um, you know, returning home for the summer from overseas and, you know, finishing up whatever lead they're been in. Um, we've all kind of played close attention to it, but just the timing wasn't right. And, you know, we, we'll kind of decide on it and not decide on it. So finally um, this year, uh, Jermaine Sears, he actually reached out to me and uh, um, everybody else that's going to be aboard and, you know, said, let's finally do this thing. So with him, you know, giving that initiative to really make it happen, and, you know, um, he did so ahead of time, so it gave everybody time to kind of schedule around it. Um you know, we just decided to make it happen. I, I think it's it's great for the community. You know, they they get to get excited and see all the former place faces that they grew up watching or you know came to the games and you know with wearing scarlet and gray. So we just wanted to bring that excitement back to the city. And um, you know, like I said, just give the, the city something to be excited for. Of course, we got the the hockey and you know the Lady Aces and, and stuff like that. But you know, I, I always tell people before all of that the Running Rebels was our professional team, so to speak. So just to get that back in the city, um, it, it's been a great feeling.
2: In terms of, like, you know, competition shape and getting into it, not only just from, like, a physical standpoint, an emotional standpoint, how you guys think you're going to handle this, I feel like it's got to be an interesting dynamic in terms of the emotion getting back into this thing.
3: Oh, uh, yeah, definitely. Um, You know, some guys have played, some haven't in the wild. Um, So just getting over that, I think the, fir- the first couple – Days will be a little tough just because you your body back used to playing and, you know, that fast pace. And, you know, we're kind of we're, – we're applying the, um, you know, the model that we play with when we're at UNLV, and that's running. We want to be the running rebel. So we're going to get up and down and stuff like that. So in order to play like that, you have to be in great shape. And we're just all excited for the, the opportunity. We get to compete for a chance to win a million dollars. We get to play with each other, build that um, camaraderie, that brotherhood, and we get to re- – you know Vegas, so I mean, what's better than
2: that? Uh, so for people who might not know, um, let our audience know who's going to be coaching this thing. What the coaching staff look like uh, looks like, and what that dynamic to be like.
3: So the head coach will be Coach Dave Rice. Um, I'm thrilled. I know everybody else on the team is thrilled uh, to have him at the helm of things. T- t- terrific basketball mind, even better person. So that's going to be amazing. And his assistant coach will be Curtis Terry, another former Rebel. Uh, did some great things. I, I know a lot of people are familiar with this, the 316 run that he had. So to have them two at the helm things like it is going to be great for us. Um, like I said, not only are they great coaches, great basketball minds, but they, they're great people. So throughout this process, um, I'm sure everybody's going to buy in because you know it's a trust thing. And I, I think why so. I, I think that's why they were selected as you know our 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 two main people at the, at the top.
0: Have you personally kept in touch with a lot of guys uh, that are expected to be on the roster? Because you guys are all, from all different eras. I mean, it's not, you know, no one's coming in from 1998, but, it, you know, it's over the last, like, 15 years. Were you tight with anyone who, say, wasn't on your team and you're like, ah, oh, it's cool, they're playing too?
3: Uh, yeah, definitely. Like, uh, Jerome Sears, Sear, we, we we spent a lot of time talking and stuff like that, um, seeing each other passing through gyms and stuff like that. And then, of course, uh, Ben Carter. You know, I've known Ben since he was – he was in the seventh grade. So seeing him grow up and, you know, the transition he made from being a high school player to a college player, he came a year or two after I did. I actually played against him my senior year while he was at Oregon. And then I, I, you know, graduated, then he came next year. So, you know, that made my heart heartful to see a, a local guy coming back and, you know, wearing the scarlet and gray. So, yeah, I, I've kept in touch with a, a lot of different guys and we're just all eager and, you know, kind of biting at the chance to, to get this thing started
0: going to be cool tbt entry for unlv we're talking to anthony marshall unlv great hometown guy mojave high school doing a lot of good in the area Uh, some of the players on the front line especially a lot of familiar names in uh, zim is expected to be on the team uh houston from a very much uh, you know different era than uh, you guys you mentioned ben carter i think Mbake jong is going to play so young young guy there young guy there so let's get into some memories right because lon kruger's going into the southern nevada sports hall of fame um, I have a game that I think was the biggest victory for you guys uh, in your era, but I'm curious what you think is the biggest victory, the biggest game that you know Lon Kruger led you to a win in. what is it for you? Uh,
3: biggest win he's probably led us to. Um, for me, I would say it was the early on my freshman year. Um, Wisconsin came here to the Thomas and Matt and they were highly ranked at the time, had a, a great guard. Um and a great forward, um, both placed some time in the NBA and you know, a lot of people just didn't think we had a chance, but with the great mind that Coach Kruger has on offense and defense, like we were able to pull out a, a, a tight win at the end and for me it was just like that was one of the first games that I get I got to see the you know, how the Rebel fans reacted to us playing well and stuff like that. So that was, that was one of the, the most memorable for me.
0: So I'm gonna base this on a lot of what's happened since your era. Um, I think it's San Diego State down there. I remember being down there, and you were a force down the stretch. What do you remember about that game? Because think about it, Anthony, and the fans know this around Las Vegas. It's been rough against San Diego State, and I, it pained me. Other people were like, oh, it's in the conference. We're rooting for San Diego State in the title game. Yeah. No, thank you. Yeah. No, thank you. <laughs> but, I mean, they won. they won like 22 of 24 in the rivalry. You guys got them down there. What do you remember about that game?
3: Uh, it, it was just a high-intense game. Like those are the games as, as a competitor, personally for myself, and I think my teammates at the time and, and the coaches that we look forward to. You know, we never we never overlooked anybody on our schedule. But of course, you know, you see those games like that, the San Diego State, the the BYUs, and, and, and things like that. Like you circle those games, and I just remember going there in there, and it felt like it was however many people on our team at the time fourteen, thirteen, fifteen against you know twenty thousand or so, and it was just a surreal feeling to go in there and get a win, and you kind of just touch that crowd. You know, they're they they have a great fan base, and they and they travel well. So them playing at home that day, it was pretty loud and crazy in there. And when we pull out that victory, it was just the most satisfying thing ever.
0: And by the way, that was post lawn. That was Dave Rice, who was your coach that year. And on that team, uh, UNLV went down to San Diego State, and had a really good first half, and then really had to grind it out down the stretch, and you guys won at Viejas 82-75. Um, I, I remember Rice kind of having, I'll, uh, I'll be a little crass, kind of balls of steel because while you were carrying the team, I look over and I'm like, wait a second. I'm like, Mike Moser? And, and yeah, I was like, Mike Moser and Anthony Bennett are sitting on the bench for the last six minutes. Coach Rice is doing this. He's going with the guys, and he he, he trusts them. And uh, Well, the other thing I remember from that era is, uh, Jamal Franklin, who just drove me nuts. He was such a good player. He was so brash. That's why he was good. And that freaking head throw that he did all the time to draw fouls. So, <laughs> man, I, I still you can you can tell I still remember that game a lot. <laughs> yes, yeah, a lot. So that was really cool. That was a great accomplishment for you and that team. Um, tell the audience about Lon because uh, Curtis Terry talks about him all the time, and I'm part of the broadcast team, you know, with Curtis and John Sandler. And, and Curtis is just he's he loves Lon Kruger. For you, why was Lon special was it before the games? Was it you know in the off season as a mentor away from the floor? Was it in game? Why was he so special for you?
3: For me personally, it, it started before all that. Um, it started for me when he started recruiting me in high school. Um, growing up, my family they, they really didn't know how great I was at basketball, and they really never got, got to see me play too much. And then probably around like my junior year, uh, my high school team did pretty well. And we ended up going into state. And um, Coach Kruger, this was during a time that they, you know, the NCAA had different rules and stuff like that. And during that time, he was allowed to come watch us play. And he came to the game and he, he sat with my family. And, you know, being in the game and just looking up to see where my mom was and then seeing Coach Kruger right next to her. And, you know, they giving each other high fives and congratulations and stuff. That that was just a surreal feeling. And, that right there just showed me that you know he. I just wanted I was I wasn't another basketball player to him. You know what I mean? Like he, he yeah. valued me, and right there that sold me on going to UNLV. So he's a great person. I, I mean, we can go all day and talk about the the X and O's and how great of a basketball ball mind he is. Like I used to call him the wizard because it was just he'll get to explain this stuff and putting together plays and scouting points, and I'm just like wow. Like it was just like magic all coming together. So, for me, just him being a great person off the court, like, that just, that took the cake.
2: When you were playing, did you get a sense, like, from the community how into you were? Because, like, around, like, I think it was, like, your sophomore year or so, I was still working at Starbucks as a barista. <laughs> so, I was still a fan. <laughs> but, like, you That's know, it. like, w- yeah, when you're getting ready to, like, play, there was one year where you guys were getting ready to play uh, San Diego State here at Thomas and Mac. They were ranked. They were, like, I think near top 15 or something like that. But the buzz just around that game, guy. remember because I came, but... Talking to people when I was a barista, everybody was talking about the matchup, how excited they were. You guys were maybe on the verge of being ranked. Do you ever get a sense of how in, like into it the community is, tying it back to this being like a good sports town and the basketball town? Because, from my perspective, as we'll call it, like, you know, a citizen or a, a, you know, one of these common folk, you guys were a really big talk about town.
3: Yeah, definitely. I mean, you couldn't really go anywhere without, you know, people asking about the games or talking about them or, you know trying to get inside info like you know the scout report kind of stuff and it, it was just a surreal feeling because a couple of years previous to that you know i was in high school and i was kind of you know one of those people that was talking to stuff like that so definitely like i said before we had these professional teams you know you know me the running rebels we were kind of the professional team we were the talking to town so the, the the buzz around the city it, it was electrifying like you could literally feel it and just being out there talking to people and stuff like that it, it was just great it was a great time for the community
0: Anthony Marshall is with us. Southern Nevada Sports Hall of Fame. Lon Kruger, his coach, one of his coaches, is going into the hall. That's tomorrow. Last minute. Uh, we're a little bit short on time, but I did want to get your take. Hey, you're a hometown guy who trusted the coaching staff and stayed mm-hmm. with a Kruger. Um You play the position. Landing DJ Thomas is such a big victory for Kevin Kruger, and I think it also sends a message to the community.
3: Yeah, definitely, definitely. And I was thrilled to see that. Um, I'm not too close with him. Um, I, I, I try to... Just stay afar and you know be a, a, a shoulder when guys need me and stuff like that. So I've watched him play over the years and just to see his growth and his uh, his transform transformation into the player he he is now and moving up a year. You know that's that's crazy. That's how good he is. And for Ke- Coach Kruger to land him, I think it's amazing for the program and, and it just shows shows the community and other players following suit that you don't have to go away to another school out of state to be great. We have a lot of talent here, and, you know, like I said, we're a basketball town. So the fact that he's coming, I'm thrilled, and, you know, I'm excited to see what's going to happen.
0: Well, glad you came on with us. We're looking forward to the TBT and a big night tomorrow with Lon going into the Southern Nevada Sports Hall of Fame. Anthony Marshall, we appreciate it. We'll talk to you, buddy. No
3: problem. Thank you for your time.
0: There he is. Always a dude, doing a lot of good things locally, and he really was. A, that was a— a big deal at the time that Anthony Marshall stayed home, and look at all the NCAA tournaments they made at the time. That was a really special year for Lon Kruger.
2: Cofield and Company presents grab bag.
0: Don't touch it. Don't even look at it.
2: Only on ESPN Las Vegas. Oh, there's a, there's a
1: Stick your hand in there, Dave.
0: What do you think, John? Too much nerding out with uh Ant Mars on the uh, win at San Diego State. You know, it's funny. When I set that up, I was like, hey, what's the greatest win under Lon Kruger?" And I was like, oh, that's right. His career was split between Rice Mm -hmm. and Krueger. So he nailed it by talking about a win in his freshman year. But, uh, yeah, he was always one of my favorite players to cover. Good guy, quality guy. And it really was a big deal for him to stay home. And, you know, when you look back at the success of uh, that time, they made multiple NCAA tournaments. Mm -hmm. I think uh, for Lon's seven years, they were in the postseason five of the seven years. So, there's some pretty good groups
2: that uh, played for you in a league. Of course. And, like, you know, I know, like you said, it doesn't all include Lon Krueger's teams. But I will say, I mean, Lon Krueger's – for me, one of the peak moments is obviously going to be that, that NCAA team that made that run. But, like, I'll remember always at Gorman, you know, being in school and having my mom's old singular phone. And checking the scores, you know, during the NCAA tournament because I couldn't watch because I was in school. And Mr. Latina, rest in peace, yelling at me like, Cut, put that phone away. I'm like, it's the Rebels. I'm checking the score. You know, <laughs> You're like, at that point, I'm like 15 or something like that. Th- those teams are always going to hold the special. Because that was before I became a jaded media member. Those were some teams that actually had some fire to them. And like I said, I wasn't lying. And I was a barista, too. Like, we talked about those teams. People asked about them. They- there was a really healthy buzz about them.
0: Yeah, 2010 NCAA tournament, the uh, crazy game against Northern Iowa. Yep. And Ali Farokmanesh, who had family ties to UNLV on the coaching front. Uh, he's been bouncing around as a coach in, in the uh, Mountain West and, and around the country. So special times, and it's going to be really cool tomorrow. If you want to get involved, go up to SNSHF.com. They've got a silent auction. The items are Awesome. Really good vacation packages and, and sports memorabilia, and you're given to great causes, and that's why they do the Southern Nevada Sports Hall of Fame ceremony every year. Uh, they've moved in recent years. They used to be at the Orleans. This will be, I think, the second year at DLC in Henderson. It's a spectacular venue, so get involved, and uh, you know we'll try to have some social media content out there tomorrow. Lon Kruger goes in, Karen White's The Speedway, the whole Speedway is going in. The former governor, Kenny Gwynn, posthumously is... Going in. Connor Fields is going in as well. Kevin Higgins. We talked to Kevin Higgy the other day. Former major leaguer, uh, Las Vegas star, minor league player. What do you got?
2: Oh, me? Nothing. Yeah. So, actually, what I'm actually trying to do when we are talking with him, yeah, yeah. It, it made me think of when I first joined the radio station with the old ESPN 1100 blog. Yeah. And I, I wrote some stuff oh, about yeah. those teams. So, yeah. I was trying to find like some of the old stuff. But I actually finally found a link to the old blog. It's dead. Oh, uh, yeah, no. Yeah. You know, I know
0: people are down on, on Facebook now. We, uh, we're posting a lot of stuff up on Facebook in terms of videos and alerts of where we're going to be around town. So follow us at ESPN Las Vegas and follow me up at, I think it's like steve.cofield7, something like that. Um, I always forget that the TBT and the Flashback Friday things exist, yeah. so they'll fire you pictures. So, uh, yeah, we'll have some good stuff up there. The, today they, they, uh, they sent me a picture of a remote shocker, right? We were on the road. Uh, we were over at TPC Summerlin and we were with one of our uh, own, our old buddies, a guy Mike Beasley. So uh-huh. uh, go check it out. I'm, I think I'm going to – I got to post some pictures because what I was talking about is all the great events we used to do um, with Cheetahs uh, at the time. And we did a three-point shooting contest. We did multiple wiffle ball contest, home run. It was home run derby and wiffle ball. We had some good times over there. So that was uh, – now all the memories are flowing back now from the right. Rebels and, and stuff that we were doing. That was, that was all the way back in, in 2007. Back in the back – Stick your hand in there, Dave. Uh, Damon. Mm, we might have to save this one. Might have to save this one. We had some good uh, Kevin Kruger sound from yesterday, but I think we're we're up against it. We're up against it. Good Sadly, Damon. I said good move. Yeah, yeah. I, sometimes I can manage the clock. I've done this before, but sometimes I can't. You just, you never know. Boy, we got through the whole show without real anger sharks swimming. Uh, Governor Lombardo uh, gave the final signature, so now it's up to baseball. The A's are ninety nine point nine percent coming. So now we'll see where they play. Did you see the some of the uh, some of the testimony, John, in the hearings where they were talking about Reno potentially being a stopgap location where they could play? Oh boy! I mean, if I'm Reno, I'm like, yeah, yes, yeah. It's our that's our money. It's going to the south. Yeah, let's make some money off it. That'll be really interesting.